At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Don't touch that dial. It's the Dogman Radio Hour on Houndsman XP. With your hosts, Ed Barnes and Tanner Hurt. Now a word from our sponsors at your favorite beverage company. Yes, beverages are always refreshing and good for you too. So remember to stop and enjoy a nice cold beverage from your favorite beverage company. And now, let's catch up to the boys and hear their latest adventure on the dog. Alright guys, welcome back. Dogman Podcast. Myself, Tanner Herr. Ed Barnes. Cody Jenkins. We got together and got to go on a rabbit hunt. It was uh, fun for some of us. <laughs> uh, I killed two. Ed wouldn't even take a gun because he couldn't even see them. And then the guy that took us was just—he just murdered the rabbits. But yeah, he's a sawed-off rabbit killer. <laughs> I was videoing. It's hard to video and shoot. Yeah, so we probably won't ever see a video. I mean, what, what did y'all think about the rabbit hunt? I mean, I mean, it's fun. I mean, I used to run rabbit dogs, but it's been it's been a long time since I'd actually done it, so it was kind of fun to do it again. Uh, it's a different thing. I mean, it, I think what's kind of cool about it is that you get to see, you know, a lot of times the dogs are in such close proximity that you get to see them strike, and and you get to watch them work a trail, which is something that in most dog sports you don't really get to see so that was kind of that was kind of neat yeah it it was my first time going i'd i would been around dogs that chase the rabbit but not never somebody that 
just goes out with beagles and rabbit hunts. I've never done that. And uh, it was cool to me. Um, we don't want to get too deep into it because we plan on doing a podcast with uh, Stony, But at the same time, we want to touch base on it. Like, to me, it was a, it was relaxing. You know, like when we're hog hunting, we take it as relaxing as possible. We don't get in a big hurry, but there's still a catch at the end of a race, you know. Um, but you can let your beagles run a rabbit around you as long as you want, yeah. so to speak. Um, that's what I took from it. It was something that kids of any age, uh, adults of any age, could, as long as you can ease out there and get with your dogs you're fine yeah it's kind of it was kind of funny because it's really similar the last podcast we did with uh cody fox we went hog hunting she hog hunts kind of opposite of me and the way me and tanner do where we just cast dogs and then we'll wait where she sends dogs and as soon as they strike she's like right on top of them trying to stay close to the action and rabbit hunting there's those two camps as well so Stony prefers to like send his dogs and let them work, and then he just stays back. And he's he's super patient about it, and he waits sometimes a very long time for the dogs to work back towards him. And there's guys who do that, and like when I ran dogs, I ran dogs kind of the opposite. I ran beagles kind of the way that Cody Fox runs hog dogs, where we would as soon as the beagles struck, if they were 100 or 200 yards from us we would go straight into them and like kind of follow the dogs where stoney has the opposite kind of approach but he was a master at like picking the spot yeah it helps when you get to hunt a place like he does all the time he knew exactly where they was going to be when they was going to be there yeah yeah he uh he knew he he was thinking like a rabbit. I don't know if he has <laughs> yeah. rabbit fever. Or yeah. He, just, he has the brain set of a rabbit. Yeah. In a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> uh, yeah. When dogs start chasing rabbits, I'm going to kill this one. Yeah. I got to get up her in tight and close. I turn around, and he's got that somebody carried over his shoulder looking at me. Yeah. So you should have been right here. And the reason and the reason why Stoney's not with us, we're, this podcast we're just kind of filling in. We Deer, deer gun season kicked off, uh, was it the weekend after we went rabbit hunting with Stoney? Mm-hmm. Which Stoney also hog hunt, so our plan was to go, we were going to go rabbit hunting with him, and then the next weekend he was going to go hog hunting with us, and then we were going to do a podcast and kind of like merge the two since he hunts both ways, or both game. And we made plans, and then as soon as we made plans, we realized that We'd made plans to turn hog dogs loose the Friday before, or the the night before rifle rifle season started, which is probably like I was telling Tanner, I was like, that is probably the worst night of the year to hunt, just because of danger. Yeah, that's it's it's so so to speak, it's our off season. Uh, we hunt year round, but we do try to give a little respect to the. The rifle hunters, and that's when the orange armor comes out. But, um, but yeah, right after right after this, we'll be we'll be firing up hard. Um, it's that time of year; everybody's calling us. They're tired of 
pigs eating their deer corn and uh but no that's that's one of the reasons we're we're winging it ed said um so hopefully we can get with stoney and and get a podcast put out but uh we really ain't been doing anything with hog dog wise ourselves too much feeding but, them but we also deer hunt too. yeah we've been deer hunting and uh ed he can He's not a horn hunter, but this year he hasn't shot anything because he has a big one on camera. So it's messed. It's totally messed me up. Like I always just shoot whatever. I, I go if I'm normally if I go deer hunting, I, whatever pops up first is what I shoot. And then this is the first year, believe it or not, I've ever had a game camera. And uh, I got one pretty good buck, and I was like, man, I'm gonna try to get this guy, and then passed up a bunch of does and a small buck first two days and uh then i said forget this i'm just going to shoot the first thing i see and then i've only got to go twice since then but i haven't seen a deer since then well it's made me so happy i haven't told ed this but you know like i enjoy deer hunting myself i enjoy just being in the woods you know but i enjoy also trying to chase a big deer i I run trail cameras through the summer you know it's just kind of a side hobby we still run dogs and we still do all that and uh every time i talk to ed oh i got a big deer on camera he kind of roll his eyes at me you know and and, uh act like he's just way above that (laughs) he uh he got him a game camera this year and now he's kind of turned into a horn hunter a little bit and it just makes me happy. So. <laughs> We're rubbing off on them. <laughs> I like to eat deer. Oh, I do too. That but nice. but yeah, I would like to kill that that well, one I saw. So I got three deer in my freezer, and they'll be gone before next year's deer season by far, easy. Uh, when I had a, when we had a house full of kids, I'm not kidding. Like we could eat a deer in a week, week and a half. Because like when we would get a deer, it was like that's what we ate every meal yeah yeah you think three deers is gonna last you when you got a bunch of kids you got three kids cody oh yeah and them kids can put a hurting on a deer they like it and that's that's the thing i i grew up hunting and my dad my dad's from montana and he grew up hunting there you know but it was elk it was you know he had bird dogs he'd they'd point grouse you know stuff like that when he moved to oklahoma he's like well this whitetail's cool but don't really do it anymore so i grew up I, we didn't eat it you know like really I, I would eat it at a distant family's house and loved it i mean i i love the taste of deer meat but like as far as my my family no we didn't eat it and then we had to get together i think two years ago at my uncle's house and i said i'll i'll, uh, I'll make some kebabs i'll grill kebabs so i made kebabs just look beautiful kebabs everybody bragged on them how good they was and i let everybody get done and we was all sitting there talking i said well i said i can't believe y'all like them kebabs what why i said well it was deer meat and you thought my mom seen a ghost i mean just <laughs> oh my god i can't believe you done that like but you liked it didn't you yeah i liked it i said well, exactly and but that's just how i grew up but we we me and my wife now we enjoy it to the full i mean we look forward to it so yeah and we ate uh after we how many rabbits did we get with stoney 
think it was nine. Wasn't nine it? altogether. Nine or ten. So basically, I shot two. Then Nick shot the one. I think with Stony. I think that's how it went. Yeah. And then but, but Stony could have killed it. He said he let Nick shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> then Stony killed the rest. I Six. Mean, <laughs> yeah. It was. I was more of just a rabbit watcher. I mean, it's. I'm not saying he's good, but he just had a better spot than we did. <laughs> no, no, he's good. <laughs> I've been rabbit hunting a bunch, and he's good. No, we had fried rabbit that night. Yeah. We cooked fried rabbit that night. Yeah, we did. And I'd also never had that. And I was I was very impressed. We just fried it. and I'm sure people can cook it better than I did, but they have had it before. But I was I was really pleased with it. Rabbit, wild rabbit's my favorite wild game meat. Yeah, as far as flavor, you got to, you know, it tends to kind of be tough. I like fried rabbit, but it does tend to be tough that way. Yeah, it, it don't really, I don't really notice it. My kids love it. They'll, they'll eat that fashion they eat deer meat. Yeah, I think for me, I think for me, uh, wild game meat goes in rank. I would rank it rabbit, squirrel. I don't know if I'd. I don't know if I'd put hog. I don't know if number three would be hog or deer. Probably hog, and then deer, just as far as like flavor. See, I I think I still have deer towards the top. Me too. Mine's rabbit, then deer. It uh, and I haven't had squirrel a whole lot. Colby's grandma, but she could cook anything in the world, and it's gonna be amazing. Um, she's just her pans are something special, and she's just. <laughs> good at everything she does in the cooking wise and she used to make a squirrel and dumplings and me and Kobe would lock the door for nobody else to get in the house and eat all we could but I not have it, I've had it fried a couple of times but but no for sure I mean I seen a rabbit last night when I was out in the field at the house doing stuff after dark and I was like well I said he'd taste good yeah <laughs> <laughs> might start shooting them now. yeah <laughs> no uh, but no we it's our off season, like I said. We're getting warmed up. I got, I brought some puppies that I'm gonna take over to Cody's house. And you brought them with you now? Mm, yeah, but hopefully, that way when we turn them loose, they won't chase every other thing in the woods but a pig. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but you said you like rabbits, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. If they'll chase a rabbit or bay a rabbit, that'd be pretty neat. I don't know if anybody's ever just. Sure enough, got a rabbit to bay up, but yeah, I don't think they. I don't I think they're pretty hard to get to bay up. They, I would that's what I wondered the other day. I was like, these beagles are going, and going, and going. I was like, how do I know when to send the bulldog? I was like, <laughs> yeah. How do you know when they're bait? And it's kind of a funny thing too. Like, kind of like what I was saying, how you get to watch a lot of it. Like for somebody who probably for somebody who's never rabbit hunted with beagles, they would probably imagine that these rabbits are just like flying like just running as fast as they can possibly run but they really don't no like we were hunting we were hunting kind of like a light timber in areas that was fairly thick solid briar patches yeah i mean that's typically where they're going to be like typical good rabbit yeah. hunting territory but you know so you the dogs would be kind of making a you know you could hear them getting closer to you and you could probably you could see them at lots of points, but and then the rabbits, you know, they just kind of they don't flat out just run full bore. They just kind of hop, 
stop, kind of stand, wait, and then they run a little bit more. Well, they know they're camouflaged enough that. And it also depends on the speed of your dogs, too. Yeah. His dogs wasn't fast. No. They was, and they don't push that rabbit as hard because I've, after the, so many people that I've been with, is different. My, my father-in-law, for instance, he's got fast dogs. So when them dogs are getting close to you, that rabbit's right there. And his, them dogs could be making a comeback, and that rabbit would be hopping right in front of us, and we wouldn't know it. But that's enough of Stony Talk. <laughs> no, <laughs> that way we can save some yeah. for when he's with us. But how how old were you when you got Beagle's Ed the first time? Uh, it'd have been like ninety seven, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. So I'd have been like twenty six or so, twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. I would uh let me see, I would have been uh one. <laughs> one. Yeah, one year old. I I kinda grew up around Beagles. I was four. You were four? <laughs> My grandpa always had a ton of Beagles and then uh one of my uncles always had beagles around, rabbit dogs. So it was kind of a natural. I, I was wanting to get into dog hunting, and it was, it, it was, there. It was kind of the go-to. Like, and it was fun. Uh, I ran, like, patch-bred beagles, which were, like, a lemon and white. A little bit larger than, than what Stoney had. And uh, I had two... Two of my better ones at the time, and I got them running really well. And then I I would get up every morning, almost not every morning, almost every morning, probably four nights a week, four days a week. I'd get up and uh, go run them for an hour or so before I went to work. I was younger then and had energy to do, oh, yeah. to do that kind of we stuff. We were just talking before we started this so that Ed has a lot easier time waking up in the evenings to go deer hunting <laughs> yeah. than he does in the mornings. And so that's why I was wondering if he's being very truthful on this rabbit story. But Yeah, I was younger. So what, let me ask you this. As far as your quality of dog, do you think you had better rabbit dogs or hog dogs? Well, I didn't really run rabbit dogs for very long. Probably no more than two years. And actually I was uh, up by Ulaga and I was coming i was coming back from rabbit hunting up that up that way i had pretty i had decent dogs i mean i shot rabbits with them and uh i stopped at a gas station and this is probably 99 right around 99 and this truck pulled in you know like homemade dog box two levels bunch of cur dogs in it had a bulldog tied up on top of one of the boxes and i just remember like looking at these guys and i was like what are like like what is going on here like what could these guys possibly be hunting with these dogs was there any rebel flag stickers on their truck (laughs) the houndsman xp podcast network is powered by cajun lights all of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at cajun lights they have three models of cap lights. I'm gonna run through them real quick. You've got the Rogueroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you gotta find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogueroo on your head. 
Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard life, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it. And that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com. Go to our sponsors page. Hit that link. It'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. I don't recall, but I'm sure there probably was. So, you know, I'm kind of a shy person anyway, but I just had, it was like, I'm pumping my gas and it was like driving me crazy. So like I went over and like introduced myself and they said they was hog hunting. It it didn't even like, it didn't register my mind. I was like hog hunting. Like to me, it sounded like, you know, horse hunting or, you know, something like that. You were that guy. (laughs) Yeah, I was that guy. You were that guy. I was that guy. But back then, there was hardly any hog hunters in, you know, we're up in northern Oklahoma. So there was very, very few. Down south, I imagine there was obviously more. But, uh, yeah, so we exchanged phone numbers. And the next weekend, I went hog hunting with those guys. And from that, I mean, from that minute, like, I was done with beagles and it was on to hog dogs. Yeah, that's kind of how I was with coon dogs. Like, me and Cody, I mean, we we all grew up together, but and I enjoy coon and I I would go tonight if I had the option. I like I enjoy going. There's nothing I don't like about it. But when I started hog hunting, I was like, yeah, I was like, this is this is more my my game, you know. And it's just you got to do what you enjoy, you know. You'll have that option of coon hunt when you can't really go hard. When you're hog hunting, yeah. Once that's you get older and you can't just you can't physically do it no more, then you can fall back to coon hunting. Yeah, hog hunting, and that's kind of you know I was young at the time, and that hog hunting kind of draws in that mm. you know when you're young you want action and excitement and all that, and I think hog hunting is kind of suited towards the yeah. Young. That's that's a that's a hundred percent like that was my main thought after we went rabbit hunting. I was like, you know, and. When I get too old and don't have the drive to go up and down these haulers and flip a boar hog and, you know, all that jazz. Yeah, like running bulldogs out that are cut on your back. And yeah, that. and just, just stuff like that, which I'm about too fat for it anyways now. But <laughs> um, you could de- – I mean, I just definitely have four beagles and putt around and drink my coffee and – a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, Cody's, is it your, your father-in-law, right, that yeah. rabbit hunts? And like you were telling us, like, he doesn't shoot. And while we was hunting uh, with Stoney, the the place that we was hunting is a really popular place. I used to hunt it, you know, mm-hmm. back when I ran Beagles. It's 
it's just loaded. It's a super popular spot. But like one old guy come by, he had lost a couple beagles. He didn't even have tracking collars on them. And uh, I was talking to him for a bit, and he doesn't shoot. So I think a lot of the older guys, it's just kind of, uh, you know, get out and run the dogs. and Get away from your wife. Yeah. Like get their buddies together, and they just go run rabbits. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, so I've kind of got the best of both worlds. Like, I'm getting older, but I hog hunt with younger guys, so they get to do all the work, and I get to take home the glory (laughs) (laughs) so 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 what we got to do like whenever you guys start getting up around my age then we got to find some like 20 something year old kids my son's coming up he'll be ready for long that's true which i put in my time like i hunted with lee george he ran beagles i mean he ran beagles his whole life and and never quit He, he had beagles and hog dogs him and i hog hunted together and it was kind of hard to get him to do it, but every once in a while I'd twist his arm and we'd go run his beagles into the hog hunting. But so I've been on the other side of it too. Like he was, you know, I was forty and he was seventy when we hog hunted. So uh, I had to, I had to be the young guy that did all the hard work. So I've been on the other side of it too. Yeah, that's why you're slacking off hard now. <laughs> I'm not slacking. <laughs> no, I don't know. We, we've talked about it before, but we hunted a tournament, and Ed went along with a camera. And the rule was he couldn't do anything. And it was no different than Whatever. going hunting on a Saturday night. Like, Whatever. Yeah, he'd say, I'd, I'd grab that dog. He said, but I just, I can't, I can't do nothing. I can't. It's, and I said, Ed, I said, there's no difference. I said, you're just hunting with us like normal. Whatever. <laughs> rules are rules, you know. But he was just using that day as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to break the rules. I don't I mean, know if I ever want to hunt like that again. Oh, I mean, the tournaments are definitely. Yeah, I mean, we like, walked 24 miles and. 25, 25 hours. 24 miles in 25 hours. Yeah. And that was And that's that's not as the crow that's as the crow flies. They don't include them nasty old haulers that we had to go up and down. And that and that wasn't even pushing dogs. That was just getting pigs out of the woods and and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so. we really had some bad luck that day. A lot of miscatches and everything. I mean, caught a bunch. Of, I mean, you guys got second place. Yeah. And missed and missed first place by like it wasn't much, but seven pounds or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's something. But. but we don't normally hunt. We don't normally hunt in that style anyway. But it was like we took off on foot, and the dogs just kept pushing deeper and banging hogs, and we just kept ending up deeper and deeper. And it was a lot of walk, more walking than normal. Which, if you're going to win a tournament, that's a hard to come in second and do it the way you guys did it. Mm is pretty impressive because obviously the easier way to do that is you know drive and dump on stuff and close. it wouldn't have been near as bad but the place that we was hunting on it was hunting season wasn't it and they didn't want us driving out there on vehicles uh, i can't remember if it was hunting season i don't or not. think it was hunting season it no. was just they it just was didn't just want us driving that out was there the rule, yeah the, but uh but yeah that's yeah the tournament's brutal which I don't, I mean, they have, you know, like in the beagle world. So you'll have uh, field trials, which is kind of, I guess, it would be kind of like their tournament, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, kind of like coon hunting. You know, there'll be 
three or four guys would go out together. And then I think I've never done it. I've I've been along on them. I've never put dogs in it. But I think they have a judge, you know. But what, I'm, what I was getting at, and, and then obviously you have coon hunting competitions. I mean, most dog sports have some kind of competition that goes with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't – But but – none of those compare to like the intensity of like a hog hunting tournament yeah and another thing i got to put towards that like the the hog hunting tournament the reason i'm not huge on it is a lot of it matters where you hunt like am i going to be able to get this pig out of the woods in five minutes or am i gonna have to take an hour and a half to try to get him up out of this draw you know and and not saying that's not not i'm not saying that's not fair that's just part of it you know like it's there's different circumstances and everything that you do in life but people got to realize yeah you might have 60 pigs come into a camera at night on this place but you got to figure out how to get them out of there you know and that's a lot of it a lot of it's the work towards it you know yeah i mean i don't think i don't think that a hog hunting tournament determines who has the best dogs. No, a lot of it's spots, and that's it's what, really who has the best spots. That's yeah. uh, I can't I can't really even say that because we got some of the best spots in Cherokee County to hunt. But it's, they're it's not nasty, like Tanner said. Yeah, but they're not good spots for hog hunting hog tournaments. tournaments. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, typically, and it's kind of changing a little bit, but typically, tournaments are like. 48 hours plus right around 60 hours two and a half days or so normally isn't it mm-hmm. so uh they're they're the time frame is big enough to where like if you're having a tournament if there's a tournament in oklahoma even if the check-in is up where we're at northeast in the mountains somebody from central oklahoma or even southern oklahoma can enter they just have to allow themselves time to get four or five hours to drive back to weigh in so they can go mm-hmm. like central oklahoma like you've hunted a tournament down there with clay like cropland mm-hmm. where it's flat so they can go hunt flat cropland with grids of roads every mile where it's easier to get pigs in and out and kind of use that terrain to their benefit and then just drive four hours back up here mm-hmm. so it's yeah, I mean it's, I mean it's not a good judge of a dog. I mean, and there's no, and people have been banging their heads against the wall for years trying to figure out a hog hunting tournament that mimics like the coon hunting competition world, where guys go out together. But it just doesn't work because you can't just throw hog dogs together the same way that you would throw three or four coon hounds together. Exactly, and. uh a thing that I I tried to put out there on the hog hunting deal was to just have, you know, like they have a big coon contest. Have a big hog contest. Yeah. You know, have one big hog. You know, you might catch a 80-pounder and beat somebody, and beat me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if you have a big one coming in on camera, you can go kick out on him, but that does not mean you're going to catch him. Yeah, I mean, we we did a couple tournaments like that you know, with ODHA, mm-hmm. where we shortened it up from being two and a half days to just being 
like the last four hour. I don't even know if it was 24 hours. The last one we did up, up there at uh, the rodeo grounds at Locust, what was that? I think we started at 6 p.m. on Friday. Yeah, it was. Tw- it and was then 24 hour, I think. Weigh in 6 p.m., weigh in one hog at 6 p.m. on Saturday. And I, I always liked that because, you know, the other thing about the the hog competitions, kind of the normal is just if you show up with 60 hogs, you know, mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll do the five biggest or whatever. But what I don't like about that is where you just got armies of guys out there like decimating your hog population, yeah. which is kind of a sticky political situation, but we're hog hunters and we like hogs. <clears throat> and that's... Yeah, that's a hard subject to talk about, though. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, there's most people that we hunt on when I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and, exactly it. And, and you gotta, you got to respect the people you hunt on's rules. That's their property, and that's what you have to abide by, which is what we do, you know. But I was talking to a friend of mine that's a deer hunter, and he's a diehard deer hunter. And uh, he was saying a bad rap about the pigs, and he kind of mouthed off that about – me liking pigs i said taylor i I said why would i want to kill every pig in the woods i said you know yeah we can knock them back i said knock them off your feeders knock them off this and but would what if something happened and you killed every deer in the in the woods every deer was gone then what would you do what would you do what would we do with all this corn we got piled up you know (laughs) and uh and it's a touchy subject and i get it 100 percent and We'll always always bicker back and forth about it, and that's just part of it. Um. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. But, yeah, we you have to abide by it. You know, we, we've we had some, it, we're not going to say what we did, but we've had some incidents that we, the guy wanted us to kill the hogs no matter what, and me and Ed both forgot a pocket knife. Oh, uh, over it. Yeah. yeah. And but we did we did what we said we was gonna do and uh we got rained on and everything else because of it. We had to go back and get uh something to dispatch the pig with, but it uh <laughs> We 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 tried to kill this pig <laughs> without a knife. Yeah. Like Terrence, I'm we're not I'm not gonna get into specifics. You'll just have to use your imagination. But we tried to kill this pig. We dr- got it, him it did die. Yeah, we got him back to the road. We weren't all that far from the road, but it was hard getting him back to the road. We got him back to the road, 
We thought, surely we got something in the truck we can kill this thing with. And that's where we're going to cut it off. Then that's where we stop. But, but the pig is dead. <laughs> so. But we went to the afterwards, I think it was the next day, we went back over to the landowners. He'd just given us permission that morning. We went back over to his house, and we were telling him the story about the debacle we had with the pig. And uh, he said, dang, guys, he said... <laughs> You know, in a situation like that, you know, you don't have to kill it. I mean, don't go to that extreme to kill it. <laughs> but you got to keep your word. Yeah, I mean, and he and he respected us yeah, on, on that. And then, you know, and then he said, after we told him that, he said, because at first it was every hog has to come out dead. And then when when we told him that story about how far we went with it, he said, well, if y'all want to take some out alive to sell for dog food, you know. He, he knew he could trust us at that point. You know, I mean, it's kind of, I get it because hogs are, you know, not native. I do think that hogs get blamed for a, a lot of stuff that isn't totally true. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Coon hunters would never get in trouble for not shooting every coon that they treat or mm-hmm. and that's and yeah. that just goes back to and believe it or not they probably around here probably eat just as much corn as a pig oh for sure because <laughs> i got twice as many coon on camera than i do a pig you yeah. know it's weird though because me and tam were talking about this last year well two years ago oklahoma went to year-round gun season on coons what two years ago wasn't it yeah i think so and they and they did that because the population was just getting out Out of of hand yeah out of control but like last year tanner would show me pictures from his game camera and there would be 16 17 coons in one picture yeah and this year I, i haven't seen that have you i've i have in other spots besides my house i had i told chuck Take a coon hunt anytime he wanted, and I said, "But there's only one rule." I said, "You know, try to try to thin them down." I said, "I know that, you know, their their hides aren't worth a whole lot now, um, but they're so thick that either that's going to happen or the disease is going to wipe them out." I mean, like it was getting to that point. I mean, you could walk out there in the daylight and there'd be coons eating corn. I mean, it was just unbelievable but they're they're not as bad other places yeah i still have quite a few but um i mean it's crazy because i mean a coon a coon hide today is probably worth like a premium is probably worth like three dollars today oh yeah maybe maybe so like who's gonna who's gonna skin coons and and freeze them and (laughs) skin a coon ain't the easiest thing in the world neither just easy nasty yeah to get it good but like my dad was telling me in the seventies, coon coon hides got to thirty dollars in the nineteen seventies, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and him and my uncle would go uh, coon hunting just to make money. Well, that's my my dad was and my grandpa. That's what they used to do almost for kind of have a living. Yeah, my so, dad said uh, it didn't matter what kind of. He said most of them was run twenty to thirty bucks coons. He said a possum was worth five dollars. He goes, you kill possums just to pay for your gas. Yeah. He said then coons is where you made your money. So you think about it. So I I think that was in the, 
I want to say the mid-70s. I could be wrong, but I know it was in the 70s that my dad said like a premium good good hide was going for around 30. So say that was 1975. So in today's, you know, adjusted for inflation, that would probably be like if a coon hide was worth $110, I think I'd be going coon hunting tonight. Yeah, well, you could, you could, you could make money off doing it. And I don't, I've never, I haven't heard a good explanation of why, and it's not just coon, the whole fur market is pretty much, the bottom just falling out a bit. Well, it'd be all the, you know, the fake furs, I would imagine, you know, that hardly anything's made out of real fur anymore. I mean. Well, I know that. uh, That I know of. I mean, I could be dead wrong, but. I know that a, a lot of the furs from America went to russia that's where they you know the buyers that you know bought from everybody and and saved them up i know that a a good number of those hides were going to russia or you know eastern europe so i don't know why i don't know i'm sure that market has something to do with why it's gone down Mm -hmm. but i mean we used to you know on hogs see we used to be able to sell wild hogs through the cell barns mm-hmm. and, and they stopped that five six years ago in oklahoma longer than that now i would imagine probably 10 yeah, yeah it's, it's probably been, a, it's been at least 10 years it probably has been oh. but i mean that was the best thing uh and they did that to try to take the monetary value off of a pig thinking that that would reduce numbers but i think it had the exact opposite effect but I mean, used to, used to if we caught a good boar hog, and we, he was in a place where we could get him out alive, and and we had a holding pen to keep him till Friday. The, the cell barn here you could was on Friday night. But there was a lot of times we'd take a 250 pound boar hog up there with good teeth, and and get about a dollar a pound, which was mm-hmm. pretty good money. Yeah, it's dog food, and that's that's the same thing we would do. Like, not just take them to the cell barn, but we would sell them. To people around here would want to buy them and i understand 100 percent they want to buy a live pig because i wouldn't want to buy something dead laying on the back of somebody's truck um you don't know how long it's been dead <laughs> stuff like that and but when they when they made it where we can't transport them alive you know that shut all that down it's, yeah um and it we wasn't getting rich off of it it was you know 20 cents a pound you know if, if you're just selling to somebody it was a free bag of dog food. It was a free bag of dog food, exactly. And, uh, which, I mean, like I said, it ain't do or die. We're going to hunt no matter what. But it was just another aspect of it, I guess. Yeah, we have a, right where we're at, northeast Oklahoma. Again, I don't really understand it, but we have a fairly large population of Asian immigrants. Mm-hmm. And, they're Cambodian, Laotian, Vietnamese, and they love boar hog. Oh, they want to eat boar hogs. Yeah, we. I took a a boy that has grew up around our family the other evening during youth season. I took him deer hunting. And he'd never been hunting before at all, and uh, we was sitting there and hadn't seen any deer at all. How we was watching this boar hog pop out in the field and. Me being me, I was like, 
I don't want to shoot. I don't want to shoot this thing. But he was watching it, and I said, "I said you want to shoot that." And he was, "Yeah." I said, "Okay." I said, "We'll see if we can get close enough first. So we sneak up on him. I think we got about sixty yards. And he's eating down this road, and he just keeps getting farther and farther away from us. So we get all set up, and he's trying to find him in the scope and stuff like that. And then he'd move, and then we'd get a little closer. I think we did that three or four times, and uh, he turned. Finally, he turned and. Uh, he he shot him, made a good shot on him. I was proud of him. I mean, shooting a thirty thirty, had never, never shot anything, you know. He was he's eat up with it now. He he keeps a camo backpack at our store. He hangs out around our store all the time, and he has his camo clothes in it at all times. Because if I come by and I'm going deer hunting, he can go with me. He says, so I try to take him as much as I can. But um, I was taking him back to the store to his brother that night, and. Uh, I don't know if he was Laotian or what he was, but he, they was so happy to have that boar hog. They had two or three deer in the back of their truck, but they was happier to have that hog than they was those deer, yeah. you know. And uh, which is was fine. I just I give them the pig. I I wasn't worried about, you know, selling it to them or nothing like that. I would rather make it used, you know, and know that they're going to eat it. But yeah, and you're taking, and that's something that gets talked about a lot, but I don't think. I mean, there's people who do it, but like what you're talking about, like this boy doesn't really have a father figure. No, no, but he uh, he just grew up with our family, and uh, he's supposed to go hog hunting with us this, this winter too, you know, after gun season and stuff's over. But I'm, I'm huge on I want to get people in the woods, you know, not just because he don't have a father figure. You know, it's good for everybody to learn how people used to live you know well i mean if you look at the it's been it's been a few years since i've looked at it but i'm sure the trend has continued on the way that it was but uh there used to be a website where you could look at the number of like general hunting licenses that were sold in oklahoma per for each year going back decades mm-hmm. and they would and the, they'd the number of deer harvested and, you know, number of small game or uh, fur bearer tags bought and, and all this stuff. And it was all just a line. The numbers Down. were just getting smaller, yeah. smaller, smaller. So, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's not fun to think about, but, I mean, we are kind of in a cultural war where uh, people like us that hunt, we're the oddballs now Mm -hmm. and as our numbers get smaller our influence gets smaller and our way of life just you know gets uh cut back and back and back and we have fewer people to to help us with that fight to keep to keep yeah and and i'm not saying that i kill everything i eat you know i'm not i'm not that kind of person but it is to me it's good to get back to your roots you know, like, for instance, like, I took him hunting, you know, a couple of evenings ago. I, sh- I shot a doe. And he was sitting right beside me. And he was more pumped about me shooting it than I was, you know, which I've shot a lot of deer, but we shot that doe to eat. And he has asked me probably three times, hey, when are we going to cook that doe? 
You know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast? I use Onyx. Onyx Maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today. I use it all the time. When I was in New Mexico, I was looking at 40,000 acres of ranch that I needed to learn. I flip open Onyx and just start studying, studying the map. When I'm riding trails, I put the tracking app on. It helps me get around in strange country. I could mark water sources, food sources, bear sign, just all kinds of options within Onyx. You need to check out Onyx Maps by going to houndsmanxp.com. Click on the link on our sponsor page. You'll go right to Onyx Maps, and when you check out, enter the code HXP20, and you will get 20% off of your order. Know where you stand with Onyx. You know, when are we going to eat that deer meat? So tomorrow evening, he's coming over. We're going to cook it. We're going to do all that. And, you know, I just, it's good because hunting's a fad. Hunting is a hobby. Hunting's, it's so marketed right now. I mean, Cody understands, like, Cody duck hunts, Cody deer hunts. He's, we've all, we've hunted everything. But people make a lot of money off hunting. You know, like, from your deer corn sales to your camo to your rifles to your everything, which is awesome. You know, because that helps make it where we can still do it, you know. But it wasn't very long ago when you shoot a deer. Hey, I'm, my family going to eat, you know. When I, like you said, you your kids would eat off deer for until it was gone. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's a kind of a – people used to kind of do it. Uh, people used to kind of hunt for – well, like, the, like saving money, mm. you know. Like it, <clears throat> Uh, especially here in Oklahoma, everybody was not everybody. But most people were were poor, and we're kind of getting back to that. But what I see a lot nowadays is that people are hunting for the table, but they're but it's not as much about money. It's kind of like uh, this is organic. This is yeah, better yeah. for me, and I think that's important and it's true. And like on about the kid. Like when you go hunting and kill something and then eat it, it like adds another level to. I mean, other, I mean, otherwise you could just go shoot at targets, you know. Yeah. And get a really good shot on a target and feel good. Yeah. My my son, he killed his first deer last year, and he was more excited about all of us getting to eat it than he was him actually shooting it. Yeah, and that's the, you know, to me that's the most important part about hunting and that's what drives him like this year we didn't have no more deer meat in the freezer and he said dad we need to go deer hunting yeah i said bub it's not season yet and he goes well when season <laughs> he said we need we need some more deer jerky some more meat because they like it yeah and yeah it is like i swear like the wild game and i raise cattle you know i believe in eating a giant steak and all of that but you can't deny that that meat is just downright healthy. Even when you slap it in flour and fry it, I mean, it just, yeah. you just feel better about what you're eating. Well, I mean, hogs, you know, hogs have quite a bit of fat just because they're hogs. But if you take them out of the equation, most most game is super lean meat. Mm-hmm. Even, even, 
Like, yeah, we've caught some bar hogs, but, yeah, but the it, average hog that we catch, it's not that fat. No. No. I'll tell you, you know, the average good-sized boar hog probably has an inch, maybe an inch and a quarter of fat mm-hmm. along his back. Yeah. But then you get one of them bar hogs. Like, how thick do you think that fat was? Oh, it that? was five inches. It was. That was yeah. a lot. <laughs> I, rendered, I rendered lard off of that bar hog for, like, almost. it took me almost two weeks to get all of it. And there is no telling how many gallons of lard I got off that thing. But then now, like, see, so used to, even going back to, like, the 80s, everybody looked at animal fats, like lard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, when you when you hear lard, you think, oh, gosh, that's super unhealthy. But now the science has kind of gotten away from that. And now they're going, oh, wait a minute, these, like – animal fats that we thought clogged up your heart and your arteries and was was bad for you uh, i think we may have been wrong actually that stuff's good for you not good for you but not bad for you Mm. much better than the all these you know vegetable oils that were supposed to be the healthy alternative but yeah so i mean i think you know hunting for the table it's coming back though because they they on the deer check-in deal like they had last year and it was probably just because of the covid and all that shit but there was more deer killed last in the last two years than there has been in the last five was it really oh yeah everybody's got all this they had all they was getting all this money from the covid stuff and like what are we gonna do let's let's go hunting yeah and another thing i think that's helping it and i i really like the show myself is like the meat eater shows oh yeah yeah they show like he doesn't just kill 200-inch whitetail. He don't just kill ginormous moose or bears or elk. I mean, he has. Don't get me wrong. I would love to kill some of the animals he's been able to take in. But he shows you from start to finish. And there's getting to be a lot more shows like that. You know, like Wild Game Kitchen, Wild Game, you know, Master Chef and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, because there's kind of a – well, earlier this week at my shop, a customer come in that I do a lot of work with, and kind of know him fairly well. And he's probably, he's probably in his early 40s. And he was super pumped. And he was like, I shot my first deer yesterday. He shot it last Sunday. And I was kind of shocked that he, that, I mean, he he's from here. I was kind of shocked that he'd, that was his first deer, but he was like, you know, I butchered it and everything. He said, I had a friend come over and show me how to butcher it, and I got it all packaged in the freezer. He said, but I haven't, I haven't eaten any of it yet. And he was kind of like, I don't know, like, how how should I cook this? But that's what I'm getting at is kind of this just like people don't know, some people don't know, they didn't grow up around it or whatever, that it is good. And it's not complicated. Like I told this guy, I was like, cook it like you would beef. Mm-hmm. You know, don't overthink this. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of ways you can cook deer. It's just simple. Throw it in stew. You can ground hamburger meat and cook in chili. Or take the back straps and fry them up. Yeah, he hadn't had any. So I was like, you haven't, you know, back straps never hit my freezer. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, you didn't eat the back strap? And he's like, no, I don't really know. I'm kind of. You know, I don't know what to do. And I was like, man, slice that. 
take a tenderizing hammer, dredge it in flour, and fry it, and then make some white gravy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. No, I think, honestly, me and my wife, one of our favorite ways you've come over and ate with us is yeah. just grilling it. The backstrap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, I love it fried, too. I'm not saying I don't, but um, we'll just – a little steak seasoning and olive oil and put it on the grill, and then it takes – No, I mean, we cooked it 10 in seconds bear to, camp. Yeah. Yeah. It takes 10 cook, seconds to cook. You know, deer meat cooks fast when it's sliced thin. Yeah, you need to cook it fast. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously you want to make sure it's, you know, cooked, but – in my opinion, but you don't want to overcook it at all. No, I like a little bit of blood. And well, they they say medium rare. Well, you want to cook deer meat. Yeah. And that's taboo to some people. They don't. <laughs> they see blood. It's it's not cooked. But no, we we don't want to get like completely off topic. But this is this is also what we want to do too. You know, we want we don't want it to be drilling questions. You know, we've said that a bunch of times. And this is our off season. We have been deer hunting, and you know this. We like what it brings to the table. So yeah, when you go squirrel hunting now. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody out there has some good squirrel dogs, or decent, or decent, they don't, <laughs> they don't have to be the best. If somebody uh, wants to go squirrel hunting, haul, drop us a line, me or Tanner. Hit us up on Facebook, or we're not hard to get a hold of. That yeah. would be fun. I, I, I've squirrel hunted with dogs uh, quite a bit, and uh, squirrel hunting with dogs is a good. Like you were saying earlier, like rabbit hunting is good for like old men and kids. Mm-hmm. I think squirrel hunting with dogs is the best way to introduce kids into dog hunting because it's, if you get in a good spot with decent dogs, it's there's no, there's very little downtime for a kid to get bored. Like you take a kid deer hunting at ten years old, mm-hmm. and you're just like, sit there, don't move, be quiet. Yeah, it's cold. They get bored, and you don't want, you know, they come back home. They're like, oh man, hunting is terrible. <laughs> I tell, you, I got introduced into hunting. My grandpa took me squirrel hunting. We didn't have dogs, but he'd take me, and we killed numerous, numerous squirrels. And we'd come back, skin them, and my grandma would cook them. Yeah. I like squirrel hunting, still hunting, too. And uh, That's I'm, usually how it works. You go deer hunting, you'll see a bunch of squirrels. You squ- squirrel hunting, you'll see a bunch of deer. Yeah, that's why uh, you cook. I got the spot <laughs> to go steel hunting. But, Do you? Oh, yeah. We did drive two hours. but Well, somebody out there's got some dogs. Cody's got the spot. I, I went deer hunting down there, and... There's, I could see a deer walking, and there's leaves everywhere, and you could not hear this deer walking. There were so many squirrels. I'm by the thousands. Yeah. Big old pecan trees, and they were just going crazy. And that's my first thought. I said, I'm going to bring my son down here. Yeah, it's fun. Squirrel and dumplings. Squirrel and, I'm not much on dumplings. I prefer squirrel and noodles. I mean, I like, I like dumplings, but. You want to remind everybody about your wish about squirrel hunting? <laughs> my wish about squirrel hunting yeah what did you tell us <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I told tanner and cody a few years ago i said man if i you know if i ever get like cancer or 
some, <laughs> some terminal and I'm just like sitting around the house like slowly dying. I was like, I just want you guys just to like come over and be like, get up, Ed. Like, we're going to go squirrel hunting. And uh, when you get me out there, just shoot me in the back of the head when I'm not looking. <laughs> so I, I don't, you know, so like the next the next morning, Tanner called me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, nothing. So you want to go squirrel hunting? <laughs> so that's a little premature. I said like. <laughs> well, he said when we think he's ill. We, we think he's ill. <laughs> when I'm decrepit. When I'm decrepit and suffering, shoot me. You're decrepit and we're suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm far from decrepit. That's his personal preference. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably a wrap. We're sorry that we don't really have, you know, we're not really matching our format here, but it's kind of what it is. Like Tanner said, it's deer season. Everybody understands that that stuff always shuts you down. But uh, we'll get we'll get back with Stoney. We're going to go squirrel hunting. I think we missed deer dog season. It's always next year. Give us something to look forward to. Yeah, next year. Uh, we'd really like to go. None of us have ever been deer dogging, and uh, I think that'd be pretty exciting. You got a video on that too? No, I think I'd probably shoot on that. Uh, Cody could video that. <laughs> Listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the video, like I, you know, like when you video a hunt, sometimes it's fun. It's fun well, to look at later. A video camera's nice, but person, we need to get some GoPros. Yeah, because you miss a lot of times. You miss the hunt. Like, yeah, because uh, like uh, when we went on the coyote hunt, I was trying to look, and then I'd move the video camera, and it'd be off. <laughs> yeah. If you got one another, strapped to your head, you're just gonna see what you're seeing. Another thing that I think is on our hit list before spring is the coyotes with the sight hounds. Yeah. I think that's another thing on our hit list. My father-in-law has some but if there's anybody out there on that as well what is the, what are like what time of year are they doing that much it's right probably, now they're doing it right now because that place uh my brother-in-law's got leased they do it with side hounds yep on the, after the crops are cut and you can see that's when they'll start getting fired up so well everyone thank you for putting up with us hope we didn't bore you too much on this this run yeah <laughs> we'll see you next time yep